Greetings and salutations out there, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. It's time for Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network. Michael Shibley with you here in the beautiful Outlander Studios, just kicking it. My goodness, we've got a huge week of college football The first college football rankings, college basketball just tipped off. My goodness, we've got everything going on. AEW, crisis mode in the WWE. My goodness, there's just loads and loads of things happening. A world champion crowned in rugby. Oh my God, we're going to get it all compact here for your listening pleasure here on Modern Day Gladiators. Michael Shibley again, just with you, your glorious and humble host. Man, I am so excited. As always, of course, Tennessee keeps winning. My goodness, two wins in a row. What, wow, I'm just, it's, it's amazing. I'm excited about all of this. I can't wait to see where we go from here as the Vols take on Kentucky in what should be the Battle of the Beer Barrel. Hashtag bring back the beer barrel. My goodness. But anyway, let's get started with everything happening in the world of college football. Not a whole lot, again, happening last week. We talked about it. Of course, Trey and I talked about it on the college football preview show. And of course, where we're going to get into a deeper dive on all of this great stuff in college football. But you had a couple of things that you definitely need to pay attention to. Georgia now in the SEC East driver's seat with the 24-17 win over the Florida Gators down in Jacksonville at at the cocktail party. Easy for me to say. So Georgia pretty much is now going to wait the winner of most likely Alabama LSU this week. We'll have to see where all of that ends up. My goodness, it's going to be a big matchup. Georgia, of course, if they just keep winning, and and again, that's not an easy task. They've got to go to the Plains to take on Auburn. So they've still got a big SEC game left there as well. But if they went out and they're sitting there in the SEC championship with just one loss, they're going to get in. My goodness, of course, the college football playoff uh, top four comes out. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But a couple of other uh, notes from this last week in college football. Utah and Oregon just keep winning. Utah rallying back uh, in their win against Washington. Oregon getting the win against the Trojans. So both of those guys, they both need to stay with that one loss if they have any hopes in getting to the college football playoff. And again, if they sit there with one loss, some of these teams are going to lose that are ahead of them. So we'll see where all that ends up. Baylor has kept winning. Memphis, what a great atmosphere they had in the Liberty Bowl. And of course, game day on Beale Street, wrestling legend Jerry the King Lawler was there as the guest picker. Just a great one there in West Tennessee in Memphis. Of course, Tater Jim, I hope, was there. I didn't see him, but I'm sure Tater Jim was there somewhere. There's Pyro, so Tater Jim's going to be around wherever he is. But Memphis ending SMU's undefeated run as uh, they took care of business there in just a high-scoring matchup in the Liberty Bowl. And uh, Georgia Southern also knocking off Appalachian State from the ranks of the undefeated. So now we focus on this week, which again, a huge weekend in college football. The first thing that happened, which by the way, I loved this. They released the college football playoff uh, rankings, this first group of them, right in between the two college basketball uh, games, the two big games they had here on the Blockbuster Showcase. It was, you had Kansas and Duke playing where Duke got the win, uh, and then later it was Michigan State-Kentucky where Kentucky gets the win. 
But right in the middle, you had them release it. It was concise. There wasn't a lot of just blabber. They just got it over with, which is what I like. Just give, just give me the details at this point. I don't need just so much talk. That's one of the things I like, at least when they talk about the teams that have made the NCAA tournament now. Also, to keep it from getting leaked in the middle of the show. But the fact that they just get all the teams out, and then they show up the brackets. Also, you have the... Again, I don't need an hour-long show for the Heisman Trophy. It's it's just a wank fest at that point. I'm tired of it. But anyway, they released the top four, and it runs like this. They've got Ohio State, number one, LSU, number two, Alabama, third, and then Penn State at number four. So there is no Clemson. Clemson sitting on the outside looking in at number five. Again, you have to think, though, that Clemson's going to get, if they finish undefeated, they're going to be in this. They're the defending champ, even though it's not supposed to be based on previous seasons. You would have to think that would happen. Also, Penn State and Ohio State are going to play each other, so one of them is going to drop back. And, of course, Georgia sitting right there at sixth. And then you've got Oregon and Utah right behind them. So these are teams that are really in that position. Oklahoma is going to have to just see where all of this ends up. And then, of course, you've got Baylor sitting there undefeated, but nobody gives them any credence right now at all at 12. So, again, everybody, people are panicking. How dare they leave Clemson out of the rankings? It's the first one. Games are going to happen. LSU and Alabama are playing this week. Ohio State and Penn State are playing also this month. So, again, things are going to happen and take shape. This is just the first one. Relax. It's okay. Don't get just your panties all in a bunch about all of this. It's going to be okay. Worry about it at the end of the season. It's one of the things I don't, I, I'm glad they come out with these college football rankings. Now I kind of wish they didn't even put out regular rankings until October and college basketball. They don't even need to come out with rankings until probably January for college basketball. So that's just my opinion when it comes to all of that. But some of the big games, of course, that are coming up this week that we have to pay attention to. And again, we're going to break down these in much more detail on the Friday show as Trey Pack and yours truly break all of that down. But this week, of course, you've got the, well, is number one and number two in the AP poll, uh, two and three here in the college football playoff. But you've got LSU at Alabama. And of course, that game is taking place at 3.30 on CBS. How is this game just not taking place in prime time? On CBS is beyond me. Whoever decided that is just a bad idea. My goodness. But again, I'm very sure, and it looks like from what Saban has now said, Tua is going to play, so we don't have to worry about that. It's just a big matchup. It's going to be, I think, a complete opposite of what happened the last time these guys were 1-2 and two, when it was the 9-6 game. What was that, eight years ago at this point? So it's going to be a better offensive show. Should be a lot of fun, and I hope everybody enjoys watching that one. You've got Penn State uh, at number 13, Minnesota. Both of these teams undefeated. Minnesota, of course, they are in this conversation. Of course, not as much respect from the college football playoff as the pollsters have them. The college football playoff poll has them at 17. They're 13 in the AP. Meanwhile, Penn State up at number four. So again, things you got to see. Minnesota, though, has not played anybody really in this game. Yes, they're undefeated, and that is wonderful, but they did struggle against South Dakota State to open the season, even though South Dakota State is a great FCS school, still an FCS school. They also struggled against Fresno State. 
So, and I think the toughest ranked opponent in the Sagarin rankings, which ranks a lot more teams, I think Nebraska was their toughest game at 60th. So that's something to consider. Now, if they somehow beat Penn State in quite possibly the biggest game in Minnesota football history since probably 1960, that's definitely something we got to keep an eye on. But until then, I'm picking Penn State in this one. But Minnesota, they've got everything to play for. Should be a great atmosphere there. As, of course, P.J. Fleck with a brand new contract, great new contract extension there by Minnesota, rowing the boat indeed. So we've got that happening. You've got Baylor at TCU. Baylor, again, everybody keeps doubting Baylor. And that's been a big thing. But they're finally getting in. I, I mean, I picked Oklahoma State to beat them a couple of weeks ago. Now you have TCU just coming off beating Texas. We'll have to see where they shape up with all of this. So that's an intriguing game. Iowa-Wisconsin, you've got both of those teams sitting in the top 25. Iowa at 18, Wisconsin at 13. That game's going to go a long way in determining who's going to challenge Minnesota out with Big Ten West implications there. Of course, Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota all still play each other at the end of the season in this month. So that's going to be exciting. You've got Missouri at Georgia. We'll see where Georgia rebounds against a Missouri team that's had a tough road, losing to Kentucky and Vanderbilt on consecutive weeks. we got to see where Minnesota's head's at with all of that. Speaking of where your head's at, Tennessee continuing to win. They've won two games in a row. Light the torches. It's great. Everybody, celebrate. It's going to be fun. The Vols winning 30-70 with their homecoming win over UAB. And it's great to see that Tennessee fans, it's a good mood when Tennessee fans are upset and angry about winning 30-7 to in a win where if you talked about Tennessee fans kind of being upset or things to pick and complain about beating UAB after what happened in the first two weeks of the season with Georgia State and BYU, I'd take that. I'd be ecstatic at this point. But again, Bryce Thompson setting the tone, three interceptions in the first half, the first Tennessee Vol since Deion Grant had three picks in 1999. And then you had uh, Brent Samiglia with three field goals, including one at 53 yards. So Samiglia continues to be one of the best kickers in the country, which is great to see. But again, things you've got to pick at. the just Not only the red zone offense, but you also just have scoring offense is still just lousy for Tennessee. It's been just, again, we had another red zone turnover when Garantano threw an interception right at the end of the first half, which, again, you're taking points off the board when you do that. Even the first, the first possession of the game, UAB first pass, intercepted by Bryce Thompson, runs it into the red zone. It's at the 19-yard line. Tennessee goes backwards in that possession which is just frustrating for everybody. And the O-line did not have a good one in this one at all. The O-line I had been praising the last few weeks of playing much better, but they, again, they had some guys out, but uh, Wanya Morris, the true freshman who, hey, you're starting on the offensive line as a true freshman, you're good, but he had just a lousy, lousy game. So I'm not going to put all of the quarterback problems there on Garantano, and JT Shrout, but the offensive line did not have a great look this week. Also, it's interesting the way we're going to see, of course, we have not heard as of when I'm recording this, we have not gotten word as who's going to start a quarterback against Kentucky, but 
Uh, Maurer was available to play, but they didn't want to risk him, and I don't blame them for that. They still felt confident against a UAB team, though, who had won, I mean, 26 games, I think, the last two seasons, or, th- or three seasons, something along there. These guys are winning. Again, worst schedule so far this season. Tennessee, of course, the, the biggest opponent they've played to date. But the defense still really good. Yes, the quality of opponent was not there. But they still were a team that was used to winning football games. And they were not backing down against Tennessee at all. But I give the coaching staff credit. They've almost used JT Shrout almost as an opener. Like in baseball, usually you have the starter and he goes in and throws relief pitchers. What the Tampa Bay uh, Rays have been doing these last couple of seasons is they've been putting in a reliever for the first inning to get through the first couple of batters, and then they put the starter in, which is just a kind of a unique way to do it. And again, I think some of that is to say from some of the booing, even though Garantano, I think, has been fine these past two games. So, but again, they got Shroud in there, and people keep saying, well, why do you keep taking Shroud out? I think too many people seem to be latched on to that great pass, and it was a great pass that he threw to Callaway in the South Carolina game. But Shroud has not looked good for a lot of these other passes that he's been throwing while he's been in there. And again, the coaches, and at this point, from what I have seen, the evidence on the field, unless Maurer is going to play, Garantano is going to give you the best chance to win these football games. We'll have to see what happens. They have a matchup at Kentucky, 730, SEC Network, primetime game. Again, it's on the network. It is a SEC road game. Tennessee still needs to win two games at Kentucky, at Missouri, home to Vanderbilt. Those are the three games left that the Big Orange have. They got to win two of them to still be able to go bowling. I still think they can do it. But now they've won these games. All the games that they've won have been at home. Chattanooga was a win. You had Mississippi State was a win. South Carolina win. UAB the four wins that Tennessee have had have all been in the friendly confines of Neyland Stadium. So these are things you're going to have to look at. You've got two big SEC road games up next, including a t- Kentucky team that, yes, isn't playing with, with a wide receiver, but he's running the ball like crazy. They're doing good things, and Kentucky is coming off a bye. It's going to be very cold up there. Kentucky is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It started at a four-point line in favor of Kentucky. It's come back a little bit. We'll have to see. I, I I have not made my pick yet. We'll have to wait until Friday for me to come up with my pick. But it's a toss-up game, really. And you got to give credit to Kentucky for being a, a, a fighting team. These are not the Kentucky teams of old where, yes, you're going to have a good year, and then they're going to just fall all the way back down to earth. Kentucky, of course, not nearly as good as they were last year without, of course, their starting quarterback and without Snell there either. But Stoops has got these guys to at least where they're going to be a tough out for whomever they're playing. So that's something to keep in mind when Tennessee heads up to Lexington to face the Kentucky Wildcats. Again, in what should be a battle for the beer barrel. Hashtag bring back the beer barrel. Tennessee's selling beer now in Neyland Stadium. You can bring that the beer barrel. It's okay. So, of course, Trey and myself will break all of this down in more detail 
on the Big College Football Preview Show. A couple of hats off, of course, here in the first segment. Congratulations to the Nationals winning the World Series. My goodness, I talked about it, of course, on the Modern Day Gladiators Facebook page and also on Instagram with a little update. But, my goodness, team left for dead in May. I mean, they were just down in the dumps with a losing record. They were thinking of getting trading Scherzer and getting rid of the coach. They fought all the way back. They finished the fight and were able to beat the Houston Astros in Game 7 to win the World Series. Steven Strasburg named MVP, won games 2 and 6. Of course, he's opted out of his contract, which he had every right to do, but it looks like the Nationals are just going to pay him some big, big money coming up. We'll have to see how that all shapes up. But again, just a great end to a crazy baseball season. One of the weirdest World Series we've ever seen. My goodness, the home team not getting a single win in all seven of these games. A couple of other just notes real quick. You have the NFL happening. Uh, but real quick, this is one of the things I'm just, my papers, they're all in a mess here. Let me get this too, back to the college football. Willie Taggart was fired at Florida State. One of the things you got to consider, my goodness, you talk about people wanting to get rid of Coach Pruitt. Florida State passed around the the offering plate and was able to raise $20 through donors and boosters to just buy out his contract. They were done with Willie Taggart. They're 4-5, and five, losing to Miami just last week. It's just a mess. Willie Taggart, of course, starting off his tenure, just getting blown out last year against Virginia Tech and struggling. It has not been good at Florida State again this season, leading Boise State and then blowing it. So we'll have to see what happens now with Florida State, who's going to be the coach there for the Seminoles. You've got to think they're going to pass around that offering plate again and get a coach in there who's going to make an impact. Bob Stoops' name has been thrown around. A couple of other guys... Uh, Lane Kiffin has said he is interested. I don't know if they're going to call him. We'll just have to see. But it's been a tough road to hoe the last couple of years there for the Florida Seminoles. Meanwhile, the NFL Power Rankings coming out. My 49ers, the last undefeated team left, beating the Arizona Cardinals this week. They're up in my number one spot. They're 8-0. and oh. The New England Patriots, I've got them now down to number three. I've got the Saints back up there as they continue to win. But the Patriots losing to the Ravens. I still have the Patriots over the Ravens because I think if that game was played in Foxborough, I do think the Patriots get the win. So we'll have to see where all this shakes out. But I do have the Ravens in my four spot. My goodness, what a great game that they played in that one. That was a great Sunday night game, primetime. Gotta love the atmosphere there. Meanwhile, a couple of NFC teams, the Seattle Seahawks moving up, the Packers moving down after losing to the Chargers. Of course, the Niners and Seahawks playing this week, so that's going to be great. I think that's a great Monday night football matchup. Can't wait there. Then I've got the Houston Texans, the Minnesota Vikings at 8 and 9. I've got the Rams at the 10 spot, the Cowboys still sneaking around there at 11. And then I've got the Colts and Bills at 12 and 13. We'll have to see the, the Colts just a head-scratcher there in their loss so we'll have to see where all this shakes out but again can't wait the NFL season now halfway over and we'll see as they close to the playoffs but excited about that of course we've got to thank and be excited about our great sponsors here with modern day gladiators and the outlander media network we've got to thank joe shirt joe shirt.com hit him up you've got any idea for 
you know, you're you're a a, a hairstylist, a, a stand-up comedian. You've got a, a family reunion, a kickball team, office thing, whatever. You want to expand your brand, you've got a great idea for a t-shirt, Joe Shirt can help make that happen and sell it and expand that brand. Of course, you've got Joe Shirt Deluxe, where anything else you've got an idea to put a logo or a saying on, Joe Shirt Deluxe can help you there. Again, go to JoeShirt.com. These guys have been doing this for over 30 years here in Knoxville, Tennessee, so they can help you expand that brand and make it your own and just hopefully make you some great money in the process. And of course, we got to thank Otherworldly Coffee, otherworldlycoffee.com. If you use code OUTLANDER in all caps, you're going to get 20% off your order. It's amazing. If you like coffee that's like liquid cocaine, just any of the great blends. You've got the Mothman blend, the Bigfoot blend, so many of these great coffees. Just try them all. You can order a sampler pack. However, you got to have a coffee grinder because it only comes in bean form. So get the coffee grinder and make it happen. You're going to love the great coffee that they have there. Again, Otherworldly Coffee. You just, again, use code OUTLANDER in all caps at checkout. You're going to get 20% off your order. And of course, we got to thank the Black Cat Curiosities and Oddity up in Oneida, Tennessee. Check them out. Again, as they say on Haffle, with the great boys over at Halfle, just celebrated their 100th show, so congratulations to all of them, but if you are a witch or want to hunt witches, anything along those lines with curiosities and oddities, check them out up there in Oneida, Tennessee, the Black Cat Curiosities, it's a great store, love it, just a lot of great mythical stuff up there, it's wonderful, check them out, they're a great presenting sponsor here of Modern Day Gladiators and the Outlander Media Network, and that means it's time to take a break, but we're back with a loaded shibbles and bits and everything going on in the world of professional wrestling. Coming up, you're listening to Modern Day Gladiators on the Outlander Media Network. Yes, you hear the music. You know it's time for Shibbles and Bits here on the Outlander Media Network, here with Modern Day Gladiators. And of course, wherever you're listening, we do, as always, thank you so much for listening. And the the way you can help us here, no matter where you get your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen, please take some time and give us those five-star reviews. It helps make this podcast grow it gets it out into the algorithm however if you how no matter what stars you give if you leave a comment you leave a review give us those five stars or whatever it helps get it out into the algorithm so more people can see it because we're taking over the podcast world here at outlander media and again you can check out all the great shows at outlandermedia.net as well as spotify and apple podcasts and google wherever you want to listen of course DLC Respawn, Deadbeat Radio, Haffle. Again, 100 episodes. Congratulations to the Haffle boys. We'll have Trey Pack, of course, on the show next time. All these great shows. Scared Stupid, Geeks and Hair to the Earth. And we're just, it's getting bigger and badder every week. So again, just join us, will you? Help spread the word and just have all of us other great people living in the Outlands 
helping us here on the Outlander Media Network. It would be great, and I would love you forever. And of course, follow me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley, and of course, the Modern Day Gladiators Facebook and Instagram pages as well. All social media, we're taking it over. It's amazing. But let's get into shibbles and bits as we do every week here on Modern Day Gladiators. I mentioned earlier college basketball tipping off around the country this week. Of course, ESPN had the big State Farm Champions Classic. You had Kansas and Duke. Duke getting the win there over the Jayhawks. And again, that was the 3-4 matchup. And then you had number one versus number two with Michigan State taking on North Uh, Not North Carolina. I can't even read my own handwriting. It was Kentucky, for crying out loud. Probably because I go cross-eyed every time I have to talk about Big Blue Nation in Kentucky. But Kentucky getting the win there. And again, yes, these are great wins to open the season. But let me know how good these teams are really going to be in January, February, on the road to March Madness, where it really, really matters. Not right now. This is nothing compared to what it's going to be once conference play and all that other stuff gets going. Meanwhile, the Tennessee basketball team got underway. They took on UNC Asheville. They tipped it off. They won 78-63. They were up by a lot more, but then they took the foot off the gas, but Tennessee still gets the win there, and uh, they will be taking on Murray State on November 12th is their next game. Meanwhile, the Lady Vols with new coach Kelly Harper. Many of you remember her as Kelly Jolly when she played here. Won three national championships under Pat Summit. She's the new head coach. They were on the road with ETSU. Got off to a tough start, but they still got the win 72-68 over the Buccaneers. And they are playing Central Arkansas actually on November 7th. So tomorrow, as of when we are recording this, So pay attention for that as the Lady Vols take on Central Arkansas. Meanwhile, you look at what's going on with Tennessee. One of the things that sucks is the fact that Tennessee, they had this great, he was a a seven foot one, Euros uh, Plasic. He was from Serbia. He was a transfer from Arizona State and was trying to have the waiver to play right away. And unfortunately, for some stupid reason, the NCAA refused to grant that transfer, which, again, is just frustrating. Philip Fulmer, Tennessee's athletic director, announced that ruling. Also, Tennessee has lost the first appeal. Uh, They're going to try one more appeal, but they are extremely disappointed as Fulmer said, quite frankly, stunned in this outcome and feel strongly that every compelling fact support clearance for immediate eligibility. Again, players who transfer from one Division I school to another must sit out a season unless they can receive a waiver. And again, there was waivers. Uh, the coaching staff had changed. He wanted to come back home. He had played his high school ball when he was here in Chattanooga and all these different things. And trust me, you look at some of the things that happened for college quarterbacks in football in entering the transfer portal and the fact that they were able to play right away, Justin Fields at Georgia and some of these other guys, the fact that this guy can't and some of the other guys can, it's just a mess with what the NCAA is trying to do. We've had problems, trust me, we've talked about plenty of them here with the NCAA. This is just one more in a long line of just complete annoyances so we'll see maybe we'll win the appeal and he'll get in but it looks like that might not happen we'll have to see where Tennessee goes from here they're just going to have to rely even more on their veteran backcourt of Jordan Bowden and Lamonte Turner plus of course five-star Josiah Jordan James which was great got some action those guys all look solid in their win 
over UNC Asheville to start. But again, you're just not going to have that big, big guy. You've got like Fulkerson and Eve Pons, but neither of them are very tall, weigh a whole lot. So Tennessee might have to almost pretty much go at like a five-guard set pretty much this season. We'll just have to see how it all shakes out. When you talk about predictions and where I think the Vols are going to be, I've got them still getting back into the NCAA tournament. Uh, Joe Lenardi has them as one of those nine seeds that's going to kind of be on the bubble going all the way through, maybe have to sweat out selection Sunday. I've got Tennessee more of like a 6-7 seed. We'll just kind of have to see, again, how the season shapes out. Of course, if we can get the appeal going on Plavzik, that would be a, a lot better. That would help my mood about everything. But I've got Tennessee kind of a middle of the pack at the top half of the SEC, kind of there with Auburn and LSU. I think well behind Florida and Kentucky. I think Florida and Kentucky are the surefire they're in, guys that are going to be very good all season long. But I still think Tennessee is going to go dancing and make headway for, again, that great recruiting class that Rick Barnes has put together for 2020. So that's where we've got with college basketball getting underway. Also, a couple of other things in the world of uh, fighting. You've got uh, UFC's Jorge Masvidal. He is dead serious about wanting to face boxer Canelo Alvarez in a fight. Uh, this, of course, comes after Masvidal won the uh, the BMF title, the uh, bad mother fill-in-the-blank title over Nate Diaz by TKO in round three of their fight over the weekend. And can Canelo Alvarez defeated Sergey Kovalev for the WBO light heavyweight title with an 11th round TKO. Honestly, yes, both of these guys talking about, you know, weight and all this other stuff. Honestly, it's it, to me, especially if it's a boxing match, Canelo Alvarez is just going to wipe the floor with him just like Floyd Mayweather did to Conor McGregor. I don't doubt that for a second. So maybe moods will change. I don't know. But that's just the way I see it going when you talk about the fight game. We'll just have to see who the hell knows at this point. But anyway, hey, I love those mega fights, especially when you get these UFC guys who maybe make around, you know, a million dollars a fight. While Canelo Alvarez, I think, makes like $30 million with his contract that he's got with the zone and all those other things. So it's insane. Man, if you have a choice to be a boxer or an MMA guy and you can rise the ranks and be a top boxer, go for boxing at this point. Still, as much as a dead sport as it is, wow, there's a lot of money involved in it still. So, hey, I'd still love to see a mixed fight between Canelo Alvarez and Masvidal. I'm all for it. Take my money. Shut up and take it. I'll watch it. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, congratulations from Japan, South Africa, winning its third Rugby World Cup as they destroyed England 32-12. The Springboks, of course, winning their third World Cup, winning in 2007 and 1995. It was just a, a great... They just rolled over the competition, especially England this way. It was... it was Again, I, I don't know everything about rugby, but my goodness, everything I understand about it, I love the sport of rugby. I wish you could have more access to it here in America. Honestly... And again, I have no basis of this just by just observation in the eyeball test. Honestly, I think if they played football, more like rugby with arm tackles only, and had get rid of some of the padding, even get rid of the helmet, I think it could almost be safer than what football is right now, especially when it comes to head injuries. That's just, again, that's an eyeball test type of thing. 
And also, it was really cool to see um, see a uh, uh, Colosi, I believe is his name. He was the first black uh, rugby captain for the South African team. So it's cool. Of course, the traditional and beautiful Webb Ellis Cup, one of the best looking cups in all of international competition. It's one of my favorite looking trophies. Just great, traditional. Gotta love it. Congratulations to the Springboks in South Africa for winning another Rugby World Cup. Now we move on into the world of professional wrestling. We're just going to keep the Pink Panther stuff rolling. Screw it. I'm going to keep it rolling at least here for a little bit longer. But, uh, wow. It's been an interesting week in the world of professional wrestling. Of course, you had Blood Money in the Bank 3 happening in Saudi Arabia. Uh, The biggest thing that happened was The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, defeated Seth Rollins to win the Universal Championship. That was a big surprise. I thought after they screwed up it at Hell in a Cell, I thought they were just going to screw it up again. But no, The Fiend is now your Universal Champion. Brock Lesnar defeated Kane Velasquez in about two minutes, which was kind of depressing when you look at, you know, the way Kane Velasquez whooped Brock Lesnar actually in an actual fight in the UFC. We'll have to see. But of course, then Brock Lesnar, because you can't have apparently the Universal Champion and World Champion both on SmackDown with the way the draft work and whoever. So Brock quit SmackDown. He, I guess, was part of the future considerations trade and went back to Raw to take on Rey Mysterio, it looks like, which could be an interesting setup. Who knows? I didn't, again, I don't watch the Saudi Arabia stuff for, you know, murdering journalists and things like that. And it looks like things are not looking good for the WWE and the Saudi relations right now because there was rumors of transportation problems. It looked like a lot of the superstars from SmackDown especially, they couldn't make SmackDown. They were still in Saudi Arabia. Now, Brock Lesnar was able to leave because he had a private plane. Vince McMahon just left the army there. He left his troops in Saudi Arabia. Now, the official word, of course, is that there were mechanical problems with the plane. I still raise a lot of doubts as to why you're in Saudi Arabia, a kingdom floating on all that oil money. They couldn't just bring you another plane there's a lot of questions there because personally I don't believe it. I believe there was a holdup for money and different things. There's rumors again flying around that the big reason was Vince McMahon was waiting on their next payment. They hadn't received the payment from the previous blood money in the bank. The one from earlier in the spring, they hadn't gotten that money yet. So Vince cut the live feed to it in Saudi Arabia, which upset the crown prince. And as we've seen, uh, Jamal Khashoggi, it's not good to upset the crown prince. So it looked like they were, it was, some people called it almost a hostage situation. We'll have to see where, again, there wasn't a deal worked out. He was upset about that. Apparently, though, Vince got his money and things have been ironed out. I don't know. But it's been a bad week for the WWE when it comes to that because coupled with that and a bad earnings report for the third quarter, the WWE stock dropped about 13%, which is not good for anybody investing in the WWE. Thank goodness I only have a couple bucks invested in it just so the right that I can complain about everything terrible that happens with the WWE. So, But the big story, though, about the superstars not getting home because of the quote-unquote mechanical problems was the fact that since so many of those guys couldn't make SmackDown, it led to the NXT stars invading SmackDown. Shayna Baszler came up and just beat the crap out of some of the women there, which was which was great to see. 
You also had you you had uh, again. You had Adam Cole, baby, beating Daniel Bryan, a five-time world champion, in the middle of the ring on SmackDown. You had uh, you know Tommaso Ciampa beating the Miz. You had some great things happen because it had been announced that with Survivor Series, it'd been you know Raw versus SmackDown for so long. Now they're adding NXT in there. Which is interesting. So Triple H and his faction, because again, Triple H runs NXT, and says, hey, we're firing the first shot, so we're going to have to see where all these just weird inner faction matchups all last. Are they all going to be triple threat matches now that they've had for the for non-title matches? What What's, what's going to happen? How is this all going to shake out? But it was still just great to see these NXT guys take it to the main roster guys in so many ways. It was fun to see, and again, Adam Cole just making a big name for himself. He had, again, a a great match with Seth Rollins that, of course, was interrupted at the end with the Undisputed Era and everybody else coming down for the old Pier 6 brawl at the end. But still, NXT making an impact, and hopefully they're going to be around more with all of this. I'd be really excited to see that. NXT, of course, now, they're on USA so they're on TV just like the Raw and SmackDown shows. So we'll see how that all shapes up. SmackDown, of course, is going to be, uh, not SmackDown, Survivor Series is just going to be another great and interesting event. We'll, of course, break all of that down once word of more matches come up here on Modern Day Gladiators. But, I mean, just just think of this, just a triple threat match between Bailey, Becky Lynch, and Shayna Baszler. That's amazing. That's just going to be great. You sold me on it just with the women's match. I'm sold on it and ready for it. So we'll see where all that goes. And, of course, we'll break all of that down. But, of course, you've got a big event happening, though, in AEW coming up this weekend as they've got Full Gear live from Baltimore. Man, that's old Mid-Atlantic NWA territory. That is great to see. It's amazing. Full Gear, of course, the matches that have been announced so far, Dr. Britt Baker taking on Bree Priestley in the uh, the buy-in. So the pre-show, I've got Dr. Britt Baker getting the win in that one. Meanwhile, you've got the rubber match, Adam Page versus Pac. I've still got Pac getting this win. I just Adam Page is so close, but I, I just can't see him getting over that hump just yet. Pac is that just crafty bastard. I've got Pac getting the win there. The Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. I've got the Young Bucks getting the win. In this one, even though the inner circle, there's going to be some just just nefarious means and things happening in that one. It's not going to be clean no matter what happens there. You've got the non-sanctioned lights out match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega. My goodness, I've been waiting for this one for a while. I mean, it was supposed to happen at All Out, and Moxley had the staff infection, so he wasn't able to do it. I've still got Moxley getting the win in this one. I just don't think Kenny... the has gotten on track in AEW. Now we'll see where that all ends up. I still think Kenny Omega at some point within the full calendar year of AEW being in existence, I've still got Kenny Omega winning that world title at some point, but he's got a long road to hoe. I've got John Moxley getting the win in this non-sanctioned bout. And then you've got, of course, the champion Chris Jericho, Le Champion, taking on Cody for the AEW World Championship. Of course, Jake Hagar's going to be there somewhere. I've got Jericho retaining it. Cody not following in the footstep of his dad, getting a title win in Baltimore. I've got Chris Jericho with a more little bit of the bubbly, getting the big win and continuing 
to where that AEW crowd. Speaking of Chris Jericho, New Japan just had their power struggle event that happened, which pretty much is setting the stage for everything that's going to happen in uh, at Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th and 5th now in the Tokyo Dome, which is going to be great. So, but you had a couple things. Hiroshi uh, Tanahashi, or uh, no, yeah, Hiroshi Tanahashi is facing Chris Jericho. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see that. This is just another great match that you've got. Jericho's just doing great things there with AEW, even though they make no mention of him being AEW champion, but that is okay. I'm still looking forward to that match. That looks like that's going to happen on January 5th. Uh, so I'm excited still for that one. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It, it, it's so excited. I can't even pay attention to what I'm talking about. Just how great that one's going to be. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the pain maker, Chris Jericho. Of course, you've got Jushin Thunder Liger's retirement match. He is going to be ending there with New Japan, one of the greatest mass wrestlers of all time. But another big one, Hiromu Takahashi with his little stuffed cat Daryl uh, back after breaking his neck against Dragon Lee uh, back a couple of U.S. tours ago that they had. He's finally back. He's challenging Will Ospreay for the IWGP Light Heavyweight Championship or Junior Heavyweight Championship there in the Tokyo Dome. It's going to be fun. Of course, you've got Kota Ibushi taking on Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP uh, heavyweight championship. You also have uh, Tetsuya Naito challenging Switchblade Jay White for the Intercontinental Championship. But it looks like everybody seems to want both titles. So I have no idea how this is going to happen. Maybe they have both those the Intercontinental and World Championship matches on the line January 4th. And then the two winners then face off to hold both championships on January 5th. Who knows? I trust Gato with his plan, but New Japan kicking it as always. Just great wrestling there. Just great stuff all over again in the world of professional wrestling. But for now, that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the Everything Modern Day Gladiators podcast. Of course, stay tuned for the Friday show with myself and Trey Pack as we break down everything that happens in the world of college football and preview it in more detail. But until then, my goodness, I love all of you. Too sweet. See you next time.